welcome back to The Haunting Hour. My name is Ryan Brown, your co-host here at The Haunting Hour, and joined as always alongside my brother Tyler. Ty, how are we doing tonight? Hello, brother, and happy President's Day. Happy President's Day to you as well. Yeah, thank you, sir. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, Ty, who's your favorite president? Off the top of my head, Hoover. Why? <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Hoover Dam because oh. I think he made it for to hide aliens. Transformers. No. Oh, That's what J.J. Uh, Abrams wants us. Oh, no. Michael Bay wants us to think. I feel like Hoover made the dam to hide aliens or alien spacecraft or technology. Once again, Ty, we got to talk about aliens at some point on this podcast. We have not done it yet. It's got to be on the forefront of our topic soon. I feel like that's a really good like early summer topic. I like that. I like that. I'm into that. Um, also, if anybody was wondering, my favorite president is Mr. Abraham Lincoln, followed closely by FDR and then Theodore Roosevelt. Shout out Quinn Peters on Theodore Roosevelt because we love the national parks and all things outdoors. I'm also a big fan of Kennedy because he fought zombies in Black Ops. <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops. Very nice, Ty. Very nice. I love it. Calm down, Dick. It's only the storm. <laughs> We've got to get back into that game. God, yeah. I would give anything to have a night with a like a cold 12-pack, me, you, John, and Tony playing Kino Dertotin followed by five on the original Call of Duty zombies. I'd be happy as a clam, as they say. But other than that, Ty, how are we doing tonight regarding your latest watch, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I'm still afraid of that movie. Really? And I watched it three days ago. Okay, well, it is. it came out Friday. Um, and apologize to everybody because I think our last podcast, we said it was going to come out on Tuesday the 15th. But yeah, they, I don't know why we thought that. I think that was the original day, but and then they, they pushed, pushed it, it to Thursday night, Friday morning. Correct. Got it. Netflix, God, they just pulled a fast one on us. But damn, is this movie, it's like literally teetering on the fact that either people think it is the worst piece of shit they've ever seen, or it's like the best sequel to the original slasher of all time. I feel like the only two people that have seen it and liked it are myself and, and my girlfriend. No one else, including the critics, think it's a good movie. I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it a four or a five. Yeah. I've texted a couple people about it and they said like, this is like junk. This is so cliche. And I thought it was the opposite of that. It's not like Halloween or Scream where it's like a plot that you like need to follow. That you need to follow. This is like, it is just Rasham Brasham and like <laughs> he just fucking kills hundreds of people. I haven't seen it yet. So no spoilers, please. But is it like kitschy, campy, kind of like dumb the way friday the 13th is dumb no it's like it's like what would happen if this really happened i'm intrigued man the original texas chainsaw is my like the og my favorite slasher of all time i think it's horrifying and in its heyday i can't imagine what it was like seeing that in theaters but i'm excited to see how i take this one and i'm excited i've waited this long to watch it because it's getting so much so much love and so much hate at the same time throughout the horror community. It's getting like a ton of advertisement, which is good. A ton of marketing. That's what we need. We need people talking about the horror genre mm -hmm. and getting it on the forefront of like everyone's minds. Um, Leatherface, if you thought Michael Myers was gnar, dude, this fucking guy. That's all I needed to hear. That's I'm, all I, I needed to hear. I will give away nothing, but the first time he kills someone. Brutal. I, I think I had like 
we made root beer floats, like alcoholic root beer floats. It sounds good, actually. I'm pretty sure I like threw it into the air when I saw this happen. It just, <laughs> oh, it was like, you know how gnarly it was when Scream curb stomped the shit out of that lady? Yes. It was just like that. Oof. Just like one of those horror moves where it's like that actually just happened. So we t- actually, we talked about it last episode that we haven't closed our eyes in a horror movie because of the gore. Did you close your eyes or did you have to like look away for a second? Um, I, I looked away, but after it happened, like okay. I saw everything, so but then pro- I was like, wow, pro- shut your eyes, Ty. <laughs> Processed it a little bit. I'm yeah. Ex- I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Uh, ironically, we also watched a scary movie last night, which I've never seen. Uh, and you prompted it. Oh yeah. Welcome to your text this morning about it. The visit. Yes, 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 yes. Outstanding movie. I liked it better than The Village, in my opinion. I think it was right on par with The Village. Because the twist at the end. Yeah, dude, it was like, I was shocked at how scared I was. But I mean, it's, I'm not a big fan of sketchy ladies and like to begin with. How freaked out were you when she was like, uh, like scratching on the door to get in? Oh my God. Or when she was just running around. Dude, I would have fucking, I would have, I don't know what, how that kid did it, but. Good for that younger Tyler in the movie. And that's the same one where she's like uh, baking turkey or whatever. She's like, all right, I need you to clean the oven. Get in. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. Something's up here. Yeah. And there were just two psychopaths that broke out of a mental hospital. Got, yeah. Who made their way out of a like a clinic. Also, Ty, I got a question for you real quick. Regarding gory, brutal kind of horror movies. And you can use Texas Chainsaw, the new one, for this. What's your What's your most gory kill in any horror movie? Oh my god, this is so hard to answer. Probably the Evil Dead, the, the remake. Yeah, actually, there's something from that movie that's stuck with me for a very long time. Yeah, where she just sawzaws her hand off. Yes, when she's she knows she's infected, so she grabs the turkey fucking <sighs> saw and she just literally at the forearm. Yes. You just see everything. I don't know how they did it. It was like they used a real forearm. From that movie when the Jeep lands on the uh, chick's arm and she just rips it off and you can hear like the ligaments tearing. Yeah, and you see the skin rip too. I don't know how they did that. One that stuck with me over recent memory though was Halloween Kills. Do you remember when Michael Myers breaks into the the couple's house, the older one? It's the black lady and the older man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And remember he stabs her with the light? The fluorescent light. Through the neck. Yep. But she doesn't die. And then she like comes to a little bit later, and Michael's just taking the knives off the uh, magnetic rack and just plunging them in the dude's spinal cord. And he does like five or six, and the scene does not cut. That stuck with me for the longest time. I'm like, I fuck forgot about that I, I have to rewatch that movie too i feel like there's two or three in, in the new texas chainsaw where you're gonna be like are you i'm thinking about it right now and let me tell you right now the bus scene is just as good as you want it to be really yeah i won't give nothing away but i thought it was gonna be dumb that's what i, I was that was nervous about thought the same thing it's cool though you get zero background on who this guy is well yeah you don't really in the original you don't get Nothing. Anything, yeah. And fun fact for anybody who's never seen the original, one person dies from a chainsaw in the original movie. Um, Not really sure why they called it The Massacre, but just a fun fact for y'all. It is cool, too, to pull from what we know from Ed Gein and mm-hmm. apply it to this because there are a ton of similarities that I think you'll, you'll appreciate. Although, again, it's really mostly about it's an hour of gore and maybe 20 minutes of you kind of get where this guy's coming from. But yeah, so Ty... You ready to get into it tonight? Yes. Tonight we have 
a topic that I think a lot of people have heard of on the surface, but they don't really like dive too deep into this stuff. So we're going to discuss all things cursed object related tonight Ooh. and curses in general. I like that. We are not really going to focus on things like the Annabelle doll or Robert the doll or James Dean's... Uh, a little bastard. Yeah, a little bastard. Wow. <laughs> Monday. Um, but we're going to focus more on some cursed paintings and a couple things that you guys might not have heard about. Okay, yeah. So playing off, I think, the Annabelle doll and like Robert the doll, I feel like those things are more... I don't want to call them... I guess they're cursed, but I feel like it's more of an entity possessing that object. So I don't think it's more of an active spirit that's haunting paintings or... You said there was like a chair or something? Yeah. Yeah, So or like a haunted chair. I feel like that's more of a residual curse that's going to affect you and not a intelligent entity that I believe is haunting like the animal doll. So that's a, a good little segue. So let me read you the definition of a curse and you tell me if you think that Annabelle or Robert the doll fall under this category because I think opposite. Okay. So, and I know you love definitions. I found a good one. A curse in general is... Any expressed wish that some form of adversity or misfortune will befall or attach to one or more persons, places, or objects. In essence, what they're saying is this can't just be a possessed object. This is something where someone did this for a reason. Caused this object to get hexed or cursed in that sense. Right. So do you think, Annabelle, do you think someone via witchcraft or some weird voodoo stuff actually put a curse on the doll or do you think some entity just found the opportunity to use that doll think i'm gonna go with the entity using the doll for some reason i Um, think the same thing people i think assume that a haunted object is a cursed object is a possessed object but i think all three can be different things so something haunted by an entity it's just kind of attached to it for reasons it was attached to it in life much um, like the reason that Tyler's going to haunt the Dodge Challenger after you go. Yes. Even if you get rid of it, you're going to still find your way back to that car. Well, I feel like if I go, it's going to be in like a fiery ball of glory. <laughs> so that is <laughs> that car is 100% going to be not only impounded, but destroyed. Okay. Um, but that's, that's a good analogy. I would haunt that because I'm attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, a cursed object would be something where, like via something we don't really understand, like witchcraft or some black magic someone or something curses whatever the object is and then if you come in contact to that misfortune falls on you so in particular a curse may refer to such a wish made effective by a supernatural or spiritual power such as a god or a spirit or a natural force um typically when you think of curse what kind of a religion do you think of voodoo or hoodoo right any, or witchcraft, black magic, right? Something like where you know sadists um, that just kind of they they pull the energy from some type of like supernatural force and then kind of wish that negative uh, ambiance onto said object. Okay, we're gonna start with discussing a couple of haunted paintings. I don't know why haunted paintings are so scary to me. I think it's because you visualize whatever is depicted in the painting possessing or cursing you. I could not agree with that more. And in in almost every sense, um, these are very scary paintings and pictures. I think that speaks volumes to what is actually haunting 
the painting or cursing the painting. Um, cause if you look at like something like a coin, if a coin's cursed, not that scary, but if you're looking at a picture of like say an old creepy ass tree, oh, somebody might've been hung from that tree or right. Or if the artist actually paints an entity, right. That's you, when it gets super scary. Yeah. That's when like, when you wake up at night and you like hear something, that's what you think is, is what's haunting you. And, uh, when Ryan and I post these pictures, you guys are going to think exactly the same because these are very fucking scary. So we're going to start with the most famous one. It's called The Anguished Man. Author, unknown. God, that makes it so much worse. So perhaps one of the most haunted paintings in the world. There were a lot of stories as to how it came about. So we're not really sure if it's, if this is completely factual or completely uh, fictitious, Mm -hmm. but it is owned by one Sean Robinson right now. And he has it, as of today, in his attic. So no one knows exactly when it was painted, but Robinson inherited the painting from his grandmother. And his grandmother told him this story that 25 years before she got the painting, the I don't know how she knew it, but the author painted this specific portrait with his own blood. So the reds and the oranges in the picture, when you guys look at it, it looks like blood. So he used his own blood with the, like with the actual uh, ink to make the painting itself. And shortly after, he shot himself. That's weird. So I could see why somebody would, I guess, make up that kind of story to make the picture creepy. Um, but there's got to be some type of. There has to be facts that somebody knew that he used his blood into this painting. I feel like that's not something that somebody would just, boom, make up off the top of their head. No, especially like an old woman who was giving her painting to her grandson. Where did she get it? Did you say or no? It does. No one really knows like where she actually got this from. So there's no date on when it was painted and there's no author. So in essence, the picture itself is just a completely hairless, like featureless corpse face. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the actual torso of like some zombie creature. And it looks like he has an extra layer of skin, more or less. It does. It really does. And it also looks like he's in pain. Yes. Hence the name of the anguished man. And he's mostly red and orange. Hence Ter- the blood. Terrifying. The alleged blood. <laughs> All right. Next up is the untitled painting, number two, by a one uh, Beksinski. So I can't even try to pronounce his first name, but we're just going to use his last name. Okay. He is a Polish uh, person. That's why I can't pronounce it. So this was not the first painting that he made like this. Um, this was kind of his style to, to make these outlandish, really creepy portraits. But this is the one that people claim to be very haunted. This Polish painter, so uh, Beksinski, didn't title this or any painting. And he reportedly burns the, there was a sequel to this painting that he just didn't, uh, think that was fit enough for people to see come on so he painted it and then he burned it come on oh my god so this specific painting he created after his wife died in 1998 and then not one year later his son committed suicide so hmm. we don't know what if like he made this painting because he was just severely depressed or if this means like that's what i was thinking right like this is maybe how he sees the world or how he sees the afterlife or whatever it is yeah but um, the painting itself was hung up in after um, Beksinski died, who he was actually killed, ironically. Really? Yeah, uh, in a home invasion. So after he died, they brought this into a museum, and the er, almost every night guard who passed it said that 
the feet in the paintings were moving. Nope. So when they looked at it specifically, right, nothing would happen, but it was out of the corner of their eye where they would see movement. Nope. Very scary. (laughs) So I'm going to show Ryan this picture. You can tell everyone what you think about it. Well, I can see why they think the feet were moving. That's exactly what I thought. So trick of the mind, maybe? Yeah, probably definitely. So um, I'll explain it to what I'm looking at. Um, Everybody Google it if you can, but it's like, I don't know, maybe a hundred skeletons running around in a circle. The thing that's creeping me out about this, holy crap, is that face on the left-hand side that's like bright white and looks like... I don't even know. Like, it looks like Ko, the face stealer from the Avatar of the Last Airbender. Yeah, it literally looks like a demon. Oof. I hate this one more than the last one. Yeah, Oof. this one's pretty gnar. So the next one, Man Proposes, God Disposes. That's the name of it. That sounds like the coolest name of a single if somebody came up with a song. If you were like a hard band, like oh, Memphis May Fire. That'd be dope. So this is by Edwin Henry Lancier. So the painting itself depicts a gruesome scene, an imagined ending to the Sir John Franklin's expedition in 1845 uh, that disappeared without a trace. So that was the expedition that went north into the Arctic Circle. Okay. Not to bring up Transformers again, but it's like similar to when they find Megatron. (laughs) Similar idea, yes. Okay. Okay. So the picture is housed at Royal Holloway University uh, in London, where it's covered with a union flag every exam season. Why? So the reason for this is that in 1970, one student actually committed suicide after staring at the painting for too long. No way. Yeah, 1970. That's made up. In London. No chance. That's real? That's a real thing. Oh, my God. He allegedly left a note behind saying, the polar bears made me do it. So I'm going to show you the picture now. That looks like a Grim Reaper, kind of. It does. The shrouded, hooded thing in the back. Yeah. And it's like... The thing that draws me the most of this picture is all the red blood is, like, super grabbing to the eye. Is that supposed to be a Grim Reaper or no? I don't know. I There's no... I have no idea. Yeah, I just got to shiver down my, the back of my neck. Holy crap. So, the next one. This one's called The Hands Resist Him by Bill Stoneham. So, he created this painting in 1972. In 2000, though, it became known as eBay's most haunted painting. Ooh, I like this. It's like a more modern twist to them. Right. Cool. So the painting was described as haunted because previous owners, three of them, reported that characters in the picture would actually move around at night to the point of completely leaving the frame. What? I know. Uh, The painter of the piece also claims that both the owner of the gallery in which the painting was first displayed and the art critic who reviewed the painting ended up dying within one year of looking at the picture. So I will show you the picture, right? I don't know if I'm digging this one as much. This sounds like a good way to get extra money for the... Ooh. (laughs) That's creepy. That is super creepy. I don't like that at all. It is two kids standing in front of a glass doorway with hands trying to get inside the house. That's what it, it appears. Yeah, it's a little boy who looks human and the little girl looks like a doll. No features that are human at all. Right. Yeah, but that's literally, it sounds like a reason for people to buy this painting. Like, hey, I'm going to put it up on eBay and say, this is super haunted. Give me an extra $100,000 for it. Same idea as the anguished man. So the the actual person who owns it now, uh, he does say that he hears and sees things because of the painting. But he but, doesn't put it up for sale, right? Like this one? Right, but maybe what he's doing is creating a story where he's trying to market mm-hmm. its value. Okay. However, people are, the uh, the author of this one, 
or is it called author when you paint? I think so. You're dating the artist. I know. <laughs> uh, the author of this painting said that two people did die coincidentally after looking at the painting. An art critic and then the owner of the gallery where it was first posted up. Okay. A little more credible, but that still is like more zest to put on top of the story to make it sell better. And this is like one of those things where you say a house is super haunted or it's the most haunted house in America or whatever. The only way you're actually going to know is to spend a night in that house or to spend a night or like a week with one of these pictures. That's the only way you're going to know. And that's like the the weird borderline that I want to take kind of, but I don't want to. Yeah. And take. do you really want to know at that point? Really? Like how badly do you want to know? Do you want to ruin your life completely? Or do you just want to live with not knowing? It's like, it's kind of like doing Ouija board. Y- yeah. It's the same idea. It's playing with fire. Right. I'm just like, my natural curiosity is like too high at that point that I'm like, I need to do this just to figure out what it is. Okay, the last painting we'll discuss has way more credibility, so you'll like this one. It's called The Crying Boy by Giovanni Bragolin. So The Crying Boy is a painting by Italian artist Giovanni Bragolin, a man behind a group of paintings known as The Crying Boys. So there were multiple ones, but this one specifically, The Crying Boy, uh, is the one that's supposed to be cursed. So prints of The Crying Boy were mass-produced in 1951, and strange reports surrounding the pictures soon followed. So British newspaper The Sun reported that firefighters would often find pictures in the ruins of burned-down houses, and that these specific prints of The Crying Boy were completely unscathed. Stop. So in ruins, right, where there were just multiple... It's nothing but ash, Right, nothing but ash and, like, I don't know, uh, load-bearing columns and shit that should, shouldn't, like, burn completely. Right. They found these pictures. A piece of paper is the thing that lasts. That lasted through a fire that just burned down an entire house. Oh, boy. So many believe that the image itself attracts fire or a fire demon. Okay, so you're telling me it's not just the original picture that's haunted. It's like if this thing crosses your sight or, like, it's inside your room. Yes. Depending on, like, it could just be a reprint. It's still cursed. So it was mass produced, which means there are hundreds of these. That's horrible. That's way scarier than just the original, having the original painting. So I'm going to show Ryan this picture. See, that was not as scary because the kid's kind of cute. But if I saw that, if that was the only thing that was left inside of a burnt down building, yeah, that's creepy AF. And you heard multiple occasions of this specific picture not burning in like a house fire. People say that this is this picture itself is what attracts this this entity that either causes fires or like it's the one that sets the fires it's weird that there are multiple occurrences of that happening if it was a one or two time thing sure or if every house on the planet had the picture of it sure i would say coincidental but right and there's no honestly i don't think there's any reason for a law enforcement agency or firefighters at this point to make up a story like hey i found this in here guys i'm clearing out the house like they wouldn't just make that up no even if it happened like three or four times it could be coincidence but over time like eight or nine or ten times seeing that specific picture in the complete ruins of a house where people were probably killed crazy yeah so my questions to you do you think that an artist like um Beksinski, mm-hmm. do you think he is so good that he can create a piece of art or a piece like a, a portrait or a painting where he manifests kind of like a jinn some kind of a, an entity. So 
if he just pours that much of his heart and soul into it, do you think he can manifest some kind of a, a creature? I originally, if you would have t- asked me that before we started this podcast, I would have said no. Um, but the fact that we talked about, was he the same guy who lost his wife? Somebody who deals with that kind of trauma I've, and his son committed suicide. Um, somebody who experiences that type of trauma, whatever negative entity feeds off of that type of trauma, maybe it slid into the painting as he was doing it because that type of energy was projected onto the canvas. So then let me ask you about the first one, the anguished man that allegedly has blood in its actual canvas. Mm-hmm. Do you think that has any kind of a, like, is that a beacon is, is putting your own blood, your own actual, you know, persona into a painting. Does that really attract things? I think it would attract something if you were a v- like a very bad person. Like if you were a murderer or somebody who was just a, a terrible, terrible human being and you decided to put that type of energy into your painting with your blood, I think that could call out a very demonic negative entity to your painting. But you'd have to be a bad person. So I don't know if that guy who originally did the painting was horrible. Well, we've said this before. When there's a traumatic event, and we, we do talk a lot about murder and suicide, that's just really like really um, fertile ground for some bad entity to either feed on or attach to. So the dude who made the anguished man, he finished it, right? Right. And then he killed himself. So maybe that's all he was thinking about doing it. Like, he was painting it the whole time. He's exactly. like, this is my last piece. This is what people are going to know me by. Right. And that just, those negative thoughts, in addition to that really negative action, maybe that's what cracked that um, proverbial door and, and let something out. And maybe that something was actually him. Maybe he's the one who's haunting the painting. Right. So, if we go back to the definition of curse, only a couple of these that we talked about would fall under that category, right? Right. So, the anguished man... This picture, it, it's no one's died. No one's really had negative experiences, but the owner who hears and, and sees like a dark figure. Um, but when you go down to the crying boy, multiple people have died in house fires that this painting was in. So, so that could be a curse. So you're saying that maybe like the original, the original artist of the crying boy, maybe he was hexed, or maybe he himself practice some type of religion or black magic where he he hexed the painting or cursed the painting even reprints when we go to the man proposes god disposes the the polar bear one so someone did kill themselves which would be i would classify this as cursed that's a that's a really negative thing that happened because they looked at this specific picture whether that person was like in a really bad mental state because he was stressed out over exams or whether it was because the actual picture just fucked him up so much right and then like maybe he was in such a bad mental state because like say you're so stressed about your finals or whatever and your life is riding on these tests like if i graduate college i get the job and have a good life um and maybe it wasn't or maybe it was the painting but maybe it was the fact that he was in such a bad mental state and this painting like when it was first created it was only supposed to take one life and that would classify it as cursed maybe this was all the energy put into that painting released in the perfect moment yes i would i would say this painting was the catalyst to what killed this kid and like the scary part about that is maybe the painting knew it just had to wait like it knew it had to wait through that course of history for a little while but it knew it was going to cause this much like negativity to 
to be released on the world and taking one life. I'm looking at it right now and I hate it. I want to just scroll. <laughs> I just really hate. I really don't like this one and I really don't like the one by um Beksinski. Yes. Really fucking don't like it. For some reason though, me personally, now that you said that, the polar bear. Uh, man proposes, God disposes. Man proposes, God disposes. That's the one that scares me the most for some weird reason. And I would shit a brick if this happened to me tonight. If I went to bed and I woke up, like I always do at like three o'clock to go to the bathroom. And for some reason, I always check my phone. If I woke up and I tapped my screen and my background was that picture, I would, <laughs> I'd be like the road runner from Wiley Coyote. And I would just down the road. See you later. Gone, babe. <sighs> Yeah, dude, it's it's not a fun, and we'll let you guys decide like which one you think is the scariest. But I really don't like that one for some reason. So the last thing we'll talk about before we um, just kind of get our opinions on curses um, is the dead man's chair or Busby's stoop chair. So it's a really short story, but it is so cool to hear about the ending of this. So briefly, um, the dead man's chair is an allegedly haunted oak chair that was cursed by the murderer Thomas Busby before his execution by hanging in 1702 in North Yorkshire, UK. So due to the many deaths later attributed to people sitting in the chair, the landlord actually donated it to the Thirsk Museum. And there are documented cases of people sitting in the chair and then dying either hours later or months later. Really? So I don't know how many people, ha- uh, like how many documented cases they have, but when I looked into like why it was in the Thirsk Museum, they said that there were like five to 10 occurrences of coincidental deaths from people who sat in the chair itself do they still let people sit in the chair or is it behind no okay okay (laughs) so thomas busby was arrested tried and condemned to death after he murdered his father-in-law in in 1702 people say that busby was in the chair when the cops showed up to arrest him really and then he cursed anyone who sits in the chair in 1978 the chair was ultimately hung from the ceiling of the Thirsk Museum to prevent occupancy, even by any kind of maintenance. So they flipped this thing upside down and bolted it to the ceiling so that people could not sit in the chair. A little bit earlier than that, in the 1970s, like we said, there were some fatal accidents that were tied to the chair. And then uh, even before that, in like the really late Second World War, Canadian airmen from the nearby base um, at Skipton went to the pub where the chair was. And they never return from their bombing missions in Europe. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. So people say it's very haunted. So this is the really scary fucking part. A furniture historian examined the chair when it was at the museum and found it to have machine turned spindles. Whereas 18th century chairs were made using a pole lathe. So he dated the chair to 1840, which was 138 years after Busby's execution. So there's no way that he could have had this chair. The technology to make it wasn't invented yet. What the fuck? It was 138 years later when they actually developed the machine turned spindles to make the chair itself. The, the, right, the actual like specific legs and the arms. So you're telling me this, this chair came back in time? Either it came back in time or this um, Thomas Busby had some some like weird connection with like something that he was ridiculously smart and knew how to create. Yeah, he was either possessed uh, to oh. make the chair because the thing possessing him knew that it was going to curse people. Right, and that's a big claim. But demonic figures are said they know how to predict the future. Yes, it, that's huge. Yeah, is that guy the only person, like the only furniture historian, who looked at this thing and said it? That I don't know. 
Because that would be super interesting. If, if like a, four or five guys said, yeah, <laughs> this thing's not from 18. Right. 20. It's the same idea as like the technology the Egyptians had back then to make the pyramids. It's it, like they should not have been able to do that. And we still don't know how they did it. Yeah. The aliens helped them. So is that, was this <laughs> alien in nature? I don't know. That's weird though. Damn. People thought it was so haunted that they literally bolted it to the ceiling of the museum and it's still there. We also don't know if he made this chair or if he got it from like something. So, right. So what I'm thinking of is remember uh, a couple episodes back, Loftus Hall. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like some really dark, tall uh, tradesman? One stormy night he one, comes in with like he's like, "Hey, I have some chairs, really cheap. Do you want one?" Yeah. And just... Thomas, being like a drunk, is like, "Yeah, I'll take <laughs> one." He gives him money, and it's just a chair that should have been made 150 years in the future. Right. Yeah, I got six bucks in the bag of that. Yeah, hey, it's yours. Sure. You throw in that fifth, and <laughs> I will give you a cursed chair. Is it, Where is it today? It's still at the Thirst Museum in the UK. But again, you can't sit in it because it's on the ceiling. God. We got to get Zach Bagans on that to give I him some, some cash money to take it for a night. Would you sit in it if it was on the the actual floor? So we're, we're still going back to like the playing with fire thing. This is the epitome of, of a cursed object, though, because on his way out, it said that Thomas did curse anyone who sits in the chair. Like, he verbally put that on the chair. So we don't know what he was doing. Maybe he did have, like, some weird deal. So that makes me think, who say our theory's true, that somebody showed up in the middle of the night is like, hey, here's the chair. That thing possessed Thomas, caused him to kill his stepfather, and then was still inside of him when he was put to death. When he was taken away and then uh, hung. Yes, and he, like, that negative entity was the one who cursed the chair. Ch- I, I I will chalk it up to that. I have no idea. I, I couldn't I couldn't answer that. So my final question for you: cursed objects. Are you one hundred percent on board? Are you like fifty fifty, or do you not believe in them at all? And by cursed objects, I'm talking about things like the dead man's chair, where someone, via some weird cult or religion or whatever, curses an object in order to harm future people who hold it or who possess it. I, I think I, I'm 100% on board that they're real things. Is it like a weird correlation that somebody ended up dying who owned this chair? Sure. But if it's multiple people that end up passing away because of this specific object, I think there is some credibility inside of that. So yes, I think I'm 100% on board that these objects are real. And 1000%, I would not want to own one. So out of the the paintings that we discussed, the ones that actually have cursed or, or caused harm to people, um, the polar bear painting. Yep. And the cry the crying boy. So out of those two, which would you least rather have in your house? The one that can potentially make you go crazy and kill yourself? Mm-hmm. Or the one that could potentially invite a, a, some kind of a weird demonic entity or negative entity and burn down your house? There's credibility in this right now because me and Tyler both agree on this. It's the polar bear. The fact that me and Tyler both do not like this picture and we've never seen it before, I think that speaks volumes. I would also be terrified of I just would I just would not like to look at uh the anguished man. I would just hate to, oh. you know, walk down a hallway and like have to look at that. Like, yeah, let me go eat breakfast now. Mm, let me go eat my lucky charms after looking at that. So I'll chalk you up on this one. The Brown Brothers scare scale. You're going downstairs to get yourself a uh, a glass of 1% milk 
low fat here, the Brown Brothers Haunting Hour, and a and a midnight cookie, um, protein cookie. Yes, the complete cookie. You're doing that, and you walk by the Anguish Man. That picture's hanging up on your wall, God, but you don't know it's there until you <laughs> yeah. walk by it and the like the light from the refrigerator. Oh like, my God! What the? That's a so, that's like initially before I I was like oh it's a painting. Yes, I uh, I would. That's a solid, almost eight point one. That was good. I was literally about to say an eight. Yeah, on the nose. Oh, but like, what <laughs> if you walked by and you're like, uh, what the fuck is that? It reminds me of when Durs uh puts Doctor Tell uh Doctor Telemericorp the the <laughs> portrait up and tries to scare Adam and Blake and workaholics. <laughs> yes. And then Adam just punches him. It's like die zombie die. <laughs> I would do the same thing. Oh my god. All right, let me paint you this picture. Out of pun. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Funny today. Um, let's go one to ten. You wake up in the middle of the night in your place, and you wake up to go. It's like three a.m. to go get water, and you walk into the living room, and I am staring, like oh. three feet away from. Man proposes, God disposes. The polar bear. The picture. polar bear picture, and you're like Ty, and I'm, I just don't turn. How scared would you be? I'm jumping out the window. <laughs> you see your glass shatter. I'm jumping out the window. Oh, I can picture it too. You know how, like, in my place when you, um, like, right when you go out of my room, you take a left, goes into the living room. I'm picturing you turn a little bit more to the left, and there's the wall there where the couch is, and you're just staring, like, standing there staring at it. And you don't know what I'm looking at until you look at it, and then you realize that it is. Wow, do I hate that? I hate that so much. What do we got? Give me a, give me a number. Give me a gauge. What's an eight five? 8.5? That's an 8.5 all day. And then imagine if, like, no one heard from us in a day, and then, like, Quinn comes to check on us, and we're both standing there just staring at the picture. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you guys have ever heard about any other super interesting cursed objects, just let us know on Instagram. We are at Brown Brothers Haunting Hour. Come give us a follow there. And also, if you guys could do us a solid and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we will be eternally grateful to you. And other than that, we hope you guys enjoyed the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you guys hated it, then I don't know what you're doing with your lives because Tyler said it was good. So I'm I'm going to be hopeful that it is going to be very, very solid and very gory, which we love here at the Brown Brothers Haunting Hour. If anyone at all knows or has been affected by a cursed object, by the way, please reach out to us. I've never actually spoken to someone first person who have been has been like like this whatever this jewel or this ring there's a reason that this is like this this thing is cursing me i want i want to know so much about that you ready and if so did you get rid of it you ready to get a little a little spooked you're just gonna be you're gonna tell me i'm an idiot but i just want to tell you the story oh god sure so if anybody follows us on instagram i bought a mirror must have been god eight months ago from a local thrift shop in Foxborough. It's literally, God, like 500 yards from my house. Then I went in there and there was this beautiful big black mirror. Um, and it, they had it up for sale for like 40 bucks. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm buying this just because it looks gothic and cool. And when I brought it home, there was a little old school burlap tiny bag on the back of it that's hanging. I've never opened it yet because I was too freaked out. I think it might just be nails to hang it up or something. But it's so old and creepy that... I originally was like, this is probably a hex bag or something. But to this date, it's sitting in my living room. And like when I go out of my room in the middle of the night, I walk past it. And when I come back, you have to look into the mirror. 
I have never, not even in the middle of the day, looked into that mirror walking by it because I'm too scared of what I think it might be. You are not an idiot. That's the smartest thing you've ever done. I would I would just turn that thing around so that the reflection isn't facing out. Why do you even, you don't even use it. Why do you have it? I just like, like it looks, I just think it looks like super, like looks beautiful. It's cool. But like when you see, if I go to the bathroom at 3 a.m. and I get a glass of water, I'll do the, like I tilt my head up and I look at the ceiling when I walk past it. Oh, look at those tiles. Oh, that's great. (laughs) It looks good. But yeah, I've never actually looked inside of it and I don't want to. I can almost guarantee that there's some weird gangly thing following you (laughs) that you, uh, that you just choose not to see. Oh God. Like two red eyes behind me, just like following me into my room. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, thank you. But yeah, so we thank you all for listening tonight. We got a uh, half a weens coming up very quickly. So everybody get ready for that. And me and Ty will have some new fun topics heading your way soon. And as always, we're the Brown Brothers and we're coming to you from the grave.